five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That was uh, Chicago wishing you were here. And if you're not going to be at the, uh, I'm going to get my, my mug on the, on the rail there. That's important. Get it on the rail so it doesn't fall in the, in the drink. Put the drink on the rail. Yeah, wishing you were here for the uh, event that's coming on uh, the, uh, the 17th of October. I always forget the fucking name, the, the day. Part of my language there. Uh, it is the uh, let's see, <laughs> my own event, uh, the fourteenth of October. So it's the fourteenth, uh, the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth is when everybody packs out. And if you aren't coming, we definitely wish you were here. If you are coming, you're going to get a newsletter either later today or early tomorrow with a schedule of the events and. Uh, a lot of other things that are uh, that are planned for us uh, when we get together and meet here in the Hill Country. Welcome to another edition of 15 Minutes of Flame. I'm Robert Phoenix, and we are starting to uh, pull the yacht around, right? The yacht is coming back, and the, the yacht will dock formerly on the 23rd of September, and um, that will uh, mark dark yacht season. So we'll be getting into a uh, different set of tracks and music and influence, things like um, the hissing of summer lawns, Joni Mitchell, uh, Silver Wheels, Fleetwood Mac, kind of a different sound, Nick Drake, right? A little, little, little yachty, but not as brighty, right? Not as doobie bouncy as the uh, as the summer yacht the summer yacht has been has been such a yachtaganza been loving the summer yacht i've actually been putting together a new playlist it is not a uh, dark yacht dark yacht will be i'll be working on that simultaneously but i am working on a new playlist over on you by the way chicago highly underrated band especially when Terry Kath was still alive. When Terry Kath was still alive, they were phenomenal. It was before David Foster and uh, Peter Cetera basically uh, stormed the band and took it over. Um, let me go to my playlists. But when you had Terry Kath, Robert Lamb, and even Peter Cetera with his vocals, that was a really strong vocal outfit. Really strong vocal outfit. Okay, so I've been working on a, a new playlist. And it is called 
space yacht. It's over on YouTube. I might change the title of it uh, to Robert Phoenix's space yacht because there's actually a group called space yacht. Go figure. So here we go. Here's the, uh, the track list so far. We have Automatic Man, Atlantis Rising, coming through, Strawberry uh, Brother Johnson, Strawberry Letter 23, Gary Wright, Love is Alive, 10cc, I'm Not in Love, Sweet, Love is Like Oxygen, Roxy Music, Avalon, Is It a Star, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Todd Rundgren, International Feel. Very interesting track here, Stomo Yamashita, Crossing the Line with Steve Winwood on vocals. I didn't know this is a Stomo Yamashita's go. I had no idea that Al Miola played guitar in this record. Um, ELO, Strange Magic, another Go track. You and me, definitely on the Space Yacht side of things. Cool the Gang makes both lists, by the way. Summer Madness, even though it's no longer summer. It's just such a cool song. Holding On to Yesterday, Ambrosia, Journey, Spaceman, Zero G by Vanessa Daou. Very underrated, by the way. Massive Attack, Protection, Brian Ferry, Roxy Music, Flesh and Blood. Fleetwood Mac, Hypnotize, Thundercat, Them Changes. Going a little retro here with God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. A little space yachty. I was thinking of Good Vibrations, but Good Vibrations, I love that song. But it's gotten campier over the years. Gary Wright, of course, Dreamweaver, the official video. Uh, Shadows and Light, Joni Mitchell. Could be considered dark yacht, but... I love the, the choral theme and the synthesizers that come in. Michael Jackson, Human Nature. Todd Rundgren, I Saw the Light, Ambrosia. Nice, nice, very nice. Another hidden gem from Automatic Man, My Pearl. Uh, Universal Love by Lenny White and the Astral Pirates. And there we go. That rounds out the list as it is right now. They're up to 27 tracks. So if you want to take a different kind of journey, dark yacht, uh, space yacht. We're fueling up. We're fueling up for the uh, for the red spot on Jupiter. How is everybody? I hope everyone had a great um, Labor Day weekend. It was uh, pretty productive around these parts. We did a three-hour Sunday night show. Uh, apparently, the follow-up to, to the Tom Giselle thing is that Giselle is fucking pissed. And now Tom Brady's people are coming out, and they're, do, they're doing videos. Like, they're, they're paid influencers. On the internet. I wish I was one of them. I wish I was a paid influencer, but I'm not. Much to, much to the consternation of some people who believe that uh, I'm an operative. This is not the case. I don't get paid enough to be an operative. Anyway, um, there's there's a video making the rounds now about Giselle Bunchen's, you know, anger issues. Her anger issues with Tom. Um, yeah, it's a soap opera. It's a drama, but it was good to get into on Sunday night and look at it from the position of the Saturn opposition, which of course, Tom Brady absolutely utterly failed. Saturn opposition is hard at 44. If you're a dude and you're going through that at 44, that is, that is a rough transit. I mean, if you can step out on your own and carve your own path, blaze your own trail. You hit a glass ceiling, right? 44. These Saturn oppositions are, they're real. They, they, they mark three phases of life, right? 
The first Saturn opposition happens at 14. What do you do at 14? Big middle finger to your parents. Um, then you uh, you find your own culture, uh, your own music, your uh, endocrine system kicks in, right? That's a 14. That's a huge, huge opposition. And then you go into the next one, which is at 44. And theoretically, you've worked and you've gotten to this place and you can't go any further. You got to do something different. Something different has to take place, right? That's the Saturn opposition. You go 30 years out, 74. What do you got to do? You got to do something different, right? And we saw this with Trump. You saw this with Trump. You know, I had this um, idea in theory about an alternate timeline. And in this alternate timeline, Trump doesn't run for president. What kind of world do you think we'd have right now if Trump did not run for president in 2020? What if he just completely 20D chessed him and said, uh, it's been a great pleasure to serve you as your president. And uh, these last four years have been challenging and difficult. Uh, and I feel like th that uh, I've done everything I can for the country. I came up with the uh, warp speed vaccination. It was the best I could do during the time. And I've had a lot of people working against my best interest and our best interest. And with that, I am choosing not to run for president because I feel like I've done all I can. What would have happened? Number one, who would the Republicans have run? Because that would have just blown everything out of the water. Now, Mike Pence would have been just wetting his pants. And what if Trump did not endorse Mike Pence. That would be a big thing, right? If he didn't come out and endorse Mike, because usually that's what happens. Even, even Bill Clinton gave a backhanded endorsement to Al Gore, even though he wasn't fully on board. Uh, what would have happened? Could they have run Biden out there? Would they have wanted to steal the election that badly? What if somebody, what if they had to have a primary, an emergency primary, all of a sudden, with these Republicans who would have gotten the nomination. It wouldn't have been Judge Bush, I can tell you that right now. But you would have had a field of people like Rand Paul, um, who else would have thrown their hat, or Ted Cruz again, right? Probably get about half a dozen guys that were just like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. This is my chance. And probably Mike Pence. You, absolutely. You know, Mike Pompeo, all of a sudden, like, oh, gee, I want to run for president. But would we be where we are now had he said, I'm not going to run for president? I say the answer unequivocally is no, because we wouldn't have had January 6th. And they've been, they've been building this thing on January 6th. They wouldn't have put in such intense effort to essentially steal and hijack the election. It would have taken maybe their chances with a different candidate than Joe Biden. Maybe at that point they decide, well, why don't we run out Pete Buttigieg, he's got, or Bernie Sanders. I don't think they do Bernie Sanders. He's too far left. But they could they could have gone with somebody else besides Biden. And would they have put as much emphasis in stealing the vote? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's an interesting topic to uh, toss around. You know, we all, you know, 2020 hindsight and what ifs. What if Trump, because he was at the Saturn opposition, 
he had to do something different. He had to do something different. And I, and I remember like looking at his chart on the Sunday night show saying, look, this guy's got to do something different. Either he's got to retire or he's got to have, <coughs> excuse me, a very different kind of presidency because you can't get out of it. You can't get out of the Saturn opposition. And that's what Tom Brady is figuring out. All right, let's do a quick uh, shout out to True Hemp Science. Then, gosh, darn it. Yeah, darn it. Jet Curry, I missed you. I missed you. All right. Let's do a little True Hemp Science love. If you're listening over on the podcast side of things, I take people into a moment of uh, hemp ASMR. If you know what ASMR is, ASMR is a, it's a kind of a therapy. It's kind of an ambient therapy that is used to calm people down. So the uh, True Hemp Science website is an ASMR website. And we go into the uh, lush and verdant, atmospheric, relaxing, refreshing, revivifying setting of the uh, of the tropical rainforest. I don't know where this is. I'll have to ask Chris. But it's beautiful. You just go right into their website, and it takes you into this. Uh, I mean, you just stare at this thing all day, right? All it needs is a little bit of. A little bit of volume, which they don't have, which is probably good. You probably wouldn't leave the website. Uh, but uh, truehemscience.com backslash ref backslash 23. That's where you want to go. Just If you're listening, just type that into your, uh, into your browser. It'll take you right to Chris's website. And um, you can find all kinds of really healthy and good CBD products there and uh, been a great partnership with Chris. I keep getting emails from people telling me, thank you uh, for introducing not only the product to them, but Chris to them as well. So you can go in there. If you spend hundred dollars worth of money, which is nothing these days, um, Chris will throw you some, some product. He'll toss you some product and, um, that's cool, right? Just type in 15MINS, 15MINS. When you check out, that means you're going to get that product. And he knows you're coming from this portal. And if you spend $150 or more, you will get free shipping. So there you go. Don't sleep on True Hemp Science and their fine, 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 high quality CBD. Unless, of course, it's the gummies, in which case you do want to sleep on it. All right, let's go back into um, the website here and uh, let me hang out with the crew on the SS Chataria. Let's see, who do we have here today? Uh, there's my man, Michael, looking forward to seeing you in October. Tomas, Tomas Jordan, good to see you. I'll see you in October too. And I'll see Ryan. What's going on, brother Ryan? Welcome aboard, Michael Pafford. Good morning, Michael. Happy Tuesday. Anna Sophia, the lovely one, is here. Good morning, Anna Sophia. C. Pines, checking in. Sony. Sony's here. 
I think she brought her uh, her her natural suntan lotion. Although I think Sony bronze is up. She doesn't need it. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Let's see. Don Renee Hart, the Leo Queen. She's on board today. Sunny as ever. And right behind her, Mr. 100, Maurice. You know, I think 100 is uh, Maurice's target date for age. I think I just figured that out. I might be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. But it could be worse. What's going on, Maurice? Good to see you. Looking forward to seeing you also in October. There she is, the beautiful one, Wendy says. Hello, Wendy. Fantastic is here, CC Jones. Hi, CC. Mark M. What's going on, brother Mark? My astrological brother from another mother. Uh, let's see. Miss Nikia is here. Hi, Miss Nikia. Uh, who else? Great, great room today. Uh, mm -mm -mm -mm. Look at everybody. Everybody's like hugs. Handshakes, high fives, Hucklebuck, 411. Morning, Huck. Happy Tuesday. Look at Dawn. Love, love, love this song. You got the Beach Boys on backing vocals for crying out loud. The Beach Boys in their vocal prime in Chicago with Terry Kath, who's still alive. That, By the way, that was kind of weird because Terry Kath is like, there are a couple of guitarists that Jimi Hendrix really tipped his cap to. Like, this guy's really good. I think Robert Fripp was one. Um, the guitarist from uh, ZZ Top was the other, and then Terry Terry Kath. Those three guys. He loved Terry Kath. Terry Kath was playing bass on that track, which Peter Cetera normally plays. And Peter Cetera was playing the acoustic guitar. And Terry Kath usually plays the guitar. So they switched it up a little bit. Artists, true artists. I really think we need to have medieval yacht. Well, you know, we could probably do something like that. It would have to be like um, folk yacht or something like, you know, a little Fairport convention, Sandy Denny, probably some Nick, Nick Drake crossover, you know, the, uh, what do they call The Canterbury scene in England. We'd probably do something like that. That's down, down the line. Space yacht, dark yacht, and then have a feudal yacht since we're talking medieval. Uh, let's see who else do we have here? Chad. Chad. Good morning, Chad. Chad is a yacht name. I'd have to say. Kelly B. Morning, all. Looks like I didn't miss the yacht today. Feeling seasick. Be back shortly. <laughs> A slow dance favorite when I was in college. Oh, yeah. Look, Tom, Tom is even quoting the lyrics. Queen Lisa's here. What's going on? We got a bunch of queens. Chicago, up until the time Terry Kath died, was great. Once Terry Kath passed away, they were just not the same band. But then David Foster comes in and teams up with Peter Cetera and takes the fucking band over. And they just become these... Um, Soft rock, 80s, farty synth ballad, 
chart toppers, which I couldn't stand. But when Terry Kath was alive, they were a very, very underrated band. There are a few people I wish were still here. Don't we all? Love Chicago. Yep. Is the rub on the yacht for David Gates and bread? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, we have it on the list. Which one is it? Um, I think it don't matter to me, which I've played before on the show, which is one of those 70 songs that if you really drill down and get into the lyrics, you're like, these guys were just fucking sappy, hopeless, hapless romantics, bordering on cucks, really. Because in that song, he says, it doesn't matter to me, no matter what happens to you, no matter what happens to me in my life, there will always be a place for you, right? If you need to come on by, if you need a place to spend the night, like, it don't matter to me how many dudes you've slept with, right? Just come over, right? It don't matter to me what my girlfriend or my wife thinks. They're, they're not that important because you're always welcome here in my heart and my home. Because it just, nothing else matters to me. That's the 70s in a nutshell. And that's why people love the music. You know why? There's commitment. There's commitment in that music. David Gates said, nobody's fucking with me. You're welcome here. I love you. Uh, let's see. The, the love yacht is still 23rd. I plan to attend to get together next year. Have fun. Bring your eclipse glasses because we're going to experience some eclipse next year. Double B is here. What's going on, Double B? Beth Berry. Invite Jerry Rafferty. He's on the yacht. He's on the, he's on the yacht right on down the line. If you go to uh, Deep Yacht, Jerry Rafferty is on the list. Back to school yacht. Ugh. That's yacht. Damien Gerardo. That's really, that's an interesting choice. I got into uh, a Damien Gerardo record. It was actually pretty cool. I don't know if it's space. It's more Damien Gerardo is more like desert yacht. At least the record that I know of. A good record. Was it Silver? What's the name of that record? Is it Silver Sun or something like that? Let me just see. It's a really good record. I used to listen to it a lot. Uh, let's see. What's the name of the? He's from Seattle. He was on. He was in Sunny Day Real Estate. Oh, oh, I see. He was brought to Sub Pop by a member of Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay. All right. What's the album that I used to listen to? Uh, let's see. Where is it? Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Brothers and Sisters. Which one is it? Yes. Brothers and Sisters of the Eternal Son on Secretly Canadian. I would call this Desert Yacht. Uh, it's about a guy who disappears on a search, if you will, for himself and never goes. This is a good record, by the way. Folk rock, indie rock, pretty cool stuff. I don't think he's on the space yacht. 
crew, though. He's not on the space yacht list. He's in de he's desert yacht. If there is such a thing, America horse with no name would be desert yacht too, right? Um, the first part of the journey. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Don saw Chicago a couple times. That's a band I did not see. All those classmates and friends wondering what you were up to all summer. It's back to school, isn't it? Um, I have heard that September 23rd, 25th is a time people are expecting Trump to do something major to rally the alt-right. That I, Yeah, that's kind of swirling around. I've heard that. ELO is on, Queen Lisa, you are late. This is what happens when you show up late. We talked about ELO on Space Yacht already. Strange magic. Uh, let's see. DJ, I'm excited for Dark Yacht. Look at JJ, Yacht Noir. I love that, Yacht Noir. I may have to cop that, JJ. Yep. Let's see. Does anyone remember the Soul Survivors? Yes. I do. Only the good die young. Oh, my God, Billy Joel. Oh, no. Can't go, Billy Joel. Can't go there. Um, it would be worse, a lot worse, I imagine, with eight years of Hillary. You know, I don't know. You know, I think that when you have a reactionary force, a reactionary push towards um, the things that you don't want versus the things that you do want, sometimes it can be more powerful. You know, the, the country is a cancer nation, and cancer does not always push forward it just does not always push forward it goes side to side right diagonal backwards let's see um ba -ba -bum -bum. anybody new anybody new anybody new anybody new anybody new libras are wonderful just don't tell them that okay kelly's back on board the yacht okay we can we can disembark now Painfully is here. Good morning to you, Painfully. Uh, anybody else I'm missing? Scroll and scroll and scroll in. Lionsgate, morning. Okay, let's see. Anybody else? Anybody else? I hope Robert knows I'm always playing about his music. Everyone is titled, entitled to their own taste of music. And I like to joke around. Kelly, if everybody had that attitude, the world would be a much better place. If you leave me now as my first dance at my wedding, still together 20 years later. I love it. Thanks for sharing that, Lionsgate. Sea Pines was thinking Baker Street. Baker Street is cool. That that just screaming guitar solo in Baker Street, so good. So good. The recording on Baker Street is exceptional, too, when you listen to it. Um, let's see. He's been dead for a decade. Poor Jerry Rafferty. Scrubby's just finished my True Hemp Science order on its way. Beautiful. Excellent. Oh, let's see. Da, 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 da. 
Anybody else? No to Billy Joel. Yeah, I can't go there, man. I cannot go to Billy Joel. Anna Sophia says, don't laugh. My first song for my wedding was Purple Rain. Of course, I did not choose that song, and it was horrific. Not together. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Purple Rain is not a bad tune. It's, it, you could have chosen a worse tune. Um, I'm trying to think of which, I mean, there's in the Prince catalog, I mean, you could have chosen uh, Controversy, right? Contro Those first two Prince records are fucking really good. Dirty Mind and Controversy, those records are really good. To me, those are the two best Prince records. Uh, let's see. Crabs live in a hole. Purple Rain is a wedding song. That's a first. I think you could have chosen worse. Honestly. A lot worse. All right. Let's get into the show. Thanks for being here as always. And if you wanted to come by, if you listen on the podcast, 15 minutes of flame, F-L-A-M-E, uh, that's the website. So I want to get into this thing around. There's so much to talk about. There's always so much to talk about. Um, some of you, most of you watch the Sunday night show. But just in case you don't, and I'll, I'll be able to talk about this on the podcast because I don't turn the Sunday night show into a podcast. I don't know who'd want to listen to you four hours worth of astrology without any kind of visual aids. So I don't turn it into a podcast. But these shows, of course, get converted. So I'm going to retell the story again about what happened on Saturday night and, and then the ensuing Sunday. So on Saturday night, we were at HEB, which is a big market here in uh, Fredericksburg and in Texas. And as we approached the market or the opening to the market, there was this black dude, so-called black dude, sitting down on a bench, one of those metal benches, They've got about two of them, I think, one on either side of the entrance and exit at HEB. And he's sitting there. He didn't look too disheveled. Um, and he had what looked like a laundry bag, which probably had his clothing, now that I think about it. I didn't think about it then. And I looked at him, like, looks a little out of place. In my mind, looks a little out of place. And then went about our business and shopped. And then we... Uh, went to get gas and I'm putting some gas in my tank and the same dude walks up to me. So this is maybe 25 minutes later. And he comes from the direction of this car wash, which is right across the street from the HEB. And um, he walks up to me and starts talking to me and, and I engage with him. And I ask him, so where are you from? And he's like, uh, I'm from the Congo. Is, and by the way, speaking of Purple Rain, his name was Prince. Uh, and I asked him, how did you get here? Right? Like, how, how, did, how, did you, how did you get from the Congo to Fredericksburg? And he didn't really say anything for a little bit. And he said, an act of God. Like, he seemed relieved to not be in the Congo, which is probably a blessing and a curse. So we were talking and he wanted to wash my car and my car did not need washing. And 
I said to him, uh, well, here's, let me give you some money. He didn't want my money. But I gave him some money anyway. He, and finally he took it. I said, look, you don't have to, um, you don't have to wash my car. Just wash somebody else's car. And then I asked him his name and I told him mine, shook hands. And then the cops rolled up. I'm like, no shit, here we go. Not one, not two, but three cops. They show up. And um, I tried to stick up for the guy because I knew his name. And I said, hey, that, that's, uh, his name is Prince, right? That's Prince. I know him. He's cool. I know that guy. And they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. So it took them maybe 30 seconds and they had the ties on them. And you just you don't see that here in Fredericksburg. Number one, you don't see panhandlers. Number two, you don't see people dropped in the middle of a German tourist town from the Congo. You don't see that. So I talked to one of the cops. I said, "So what are you going to do with him?" Said, I said, he "said Oh well, well, we're going to book him for trespassing." I said, "Why?" Well, he was at the at the car wash earlier today, he was trying to uh, wash people's cars for money. And we got a complaint and we told him to leave. And then he went back. So now we have to arrest him. Well, he wasn't really on the property of the car wash. He was across the street, but they said that he had to come from the other, which is weird because he was, he had been over it. Like this is all fucking just a technicality even if he had been on the bench at the HEB, he had migrated back to the car wash. The guy's trying to make some money, right? So I said, I, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to release him in about three days. And then he's going to be back out here. Like, do you have a plan for this guy? No, sorry, we don't. I mean, well, what are you going to do? What do, you, what do you do to these people? What do you do for these people? Well, we can take him down to the Salvation Army in uh, Kerrville if they want, if they want to ride there. We can take them there and drop them off. We suggest that, but they have to want that. And I'm like, and other than that, he's like, nothing. I said, well, this is why immigration is a problem. It's not because it despoils our way of life. Um, although that can be part of it. It's not that these people are replacements that come into the country, although it can be part of it, right? It's not that they can be used as political assets to the uh, trader class that brings them in, although it can be that too. The real issue, the real issue is the human story, which is they're dropping them into this place with no support, none whatsoever. So what happens with these people? They get trespassed. They get turned away from the car wash for, you know, trying to make, you know, two or $3 to wash somebody's fucking car for them. And then what? Crime city. They start, they turn to crime. This is what happens. And this is one of the main reasons why I'm against the type of immigration that is currently being allowed into this country. It's completely unchecked. No support systems whatsoever. Some people do have it. Like, I guess if you 
have an anchor baby, you'll probably get some support. This dude had nothing. He's from the fucking Congo. And, he, you know, whatever kind of culture you had in the Congo, it's clearly it's not here. It was really an eye-opener. The whole weekend was an eye-opener because the next day, again, never seen this in the Hill Country before, some guy, some tweaker hit me up at a gas station for, for money, for gas. And, you know, he probably just wanted another another rock. And like, here, here's some change. I emptied out my change in my, uh, in my car. And then I saw another dude like, camped out under the overpass underneath I-10, some old guy. I'm like, holy shit. You know, within 24 hours, we have human carnage wash, washing upon the shores of the hill. Kerrville is kind of famous for it in its own way. Kerrville's a place where people go to recover from drugs. They have a huge um, recovery economy in Kerrville. It's where Brittany Spears went to go dry out one time. It's in Kerrville. So a lot of times the people who wind up in Kerrville sometimes don't make it through their rehab process and then wind up hitting the streets again. And I don't know if that was the case with that dude, but, you know, Kerrville has some issues, a little bit of issues. Uh, Fredericksburg, this is a tourist town, right? They're not going to let that dude walk around the town. I mean, this is not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, but he got three hots and a cot, right, for... Uh, three days so you know, maybe that was maybe that was the best thing for him although you know being in jail sucks it doesn't matter who you are but this is where we are now right and i said this on sunday night this is why biden has been activated right whatever whoever biden is he's been activated and he's been activated to go up against uh, Trump and the so-called mega and the patriot. We all know the story. I don't have to tell you guys anything along those lines, but it's really a deflection for this crisis because each one of those three incidents that I encountered over a 24-hour period touched three different bases, right? Immigration, unchecked immigration, without support and displacement, the drug issue, and the homeless issue. All three of them. And does, do they ever talk about this? No. All they fucking talk about is the threat, the threat to their fucking system of democracy. They don't, they don't, they won't even acknowledge the fact that America is being just completely um, transformed into a cesspool, but it doesn't stop with America. This is happening all over uh, the West. And we're going to get into Germany today. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Germany because I think it's important. And I was, it's been on my radar. I'm like, what is going on there? It feels like Germany is being singled out again. We're going to get into some of these stories around Germany, energy prices, uh, what's going on there. And it you, things come in threes, right? Germany, World War One, Germany, World War Two. And they're trying to recast the United States as the new Germany and Trump as the new Hitler and America as the new fascists, but they can't, they can't. Because even when you look at what happened with Hitler um, and the, uh, 
social Democrats, right? Social Democratic Party. You could call that fascism because the government and the corporations have merged. They become one, right? Statist. But in, in the case of Nazi Germany, it was the state that seized the assets of the corporations. Here, in this country, it's the corporations that are seizing the assets of the state. It's a little bit different, right? You know, it's like one party is leading the other, going back to the, the wedding dance, right? Somebody's got to take the lead. So in this lead, it's corporations that are taking the lead and essentially seizing the assets of the state. So that was World War II. We had World War I, right? So here we are now poised on the verge of a planetary conflict. And I'm watching Germany. And of all this, all the countries, maybe with the exception of England, because England is, I, I was reading that somebody was charging like, was it 25 pounds for a pint or something at a pub? Crazy amount of money. And it's because of the energy costs. And now Russia has basically said, look, we're going we're gonna to freeze out Germany. Like they're, they're in a fucking war again. Russia and Germany are in a war again. We're going to freeze out Germany unless the sanctions are lifted, which means they're going to shut down that pipeline. And people in Germany are scrambling like crazy to make sure that they have enough energy to last them through the winter, enough fuel, enough heat. And it feels to me like the, the, the Germans are being served up on a platter again. That's what it feels like. And of course, in France, uh, Macron, who was preaching a platform of abundance to get elected, once he got elected, he said, nah, you know, uh, the time of abundance is over. Now that I'm elected, a little change of plans here. It's called austerity. You're going to embrace it and you're going to like it. You're going to like that austerity. So we're going to get into the Germany thing uh, as we swing around for the Jupiter return. And so, you know, Jupiter is going to come back again. It's retrograde. It's going to make its return, but it already went back and returned. And this was on uh, August 30th. And it was just um, three days before the, uh, was it the 83rd anniversary of World War II? So we get into Germany. I did want to spend a little bit of time on Trump today because some weird things are happening with uh, the Mar-a-Lago stuff. And let me, let me get into it a little bit. Um, let's see if I can find what I'm looking for here. It shouldn't be that hard. Mm -hmm. Let's see, where are we? Let's go over here. All right, so we're going to go to uh, Gateway Pundit to try to cover this story a little bit. Uh, by the way, the movie uh, My Son Hunter 
I think that was bankrolled by the Gateway Pundit. It actually looks pretty interesting. It looks like it could be watchable as a movie. It's not a documentary, so probably about as close as it can get. Let's go into Gateway Pundit here. So we'll get into the Trump thing a little bit, and then we'll go into um, Germany piece. So the headline here is, boom, federal judge reveals incumbent president Joe Biden ordered FBI access to uh, Mar-a-Lago document. This is huge because he said he didn't do anything. Um, the uh, Haitian uh, voodoo princess also said that um, it was news to him that they let him know about it. Right? That's all part of the public record. And in this document, it goes straight to the White House and straight to the executive office. This is a huge smoking gun. No president has ever done this, ever. Let's, uh, to another president, if Biden's even the president. All right, let's keep going here. Um, they lied on Monday, August 8th, 2022. The Biden FBI DOJ raided President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago and rifled through his home and belongings for nine hours. The FBI even ransacked 16-year-old Barron Trump's room and First Lady Melania Trump's closet. The following day, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, I guess they call her KGP now, told reporters that the Biden White House learned of the raid in the news. Jean-Pierre insisted that the president was not briefed on the raid. AP's Zach Miller the FBI served a search warrant on the Trump's residence. Was he or anyone at the White House aware of that, or has he been has he been briefed in the aftermath of that being executed? KGP. No, the president was not briefed. No one at the White House was given a heads up. Okay. Earlier today, that would be yesterday, Judge Aileen Cannon granted President Trump's request for a special master review of the material confiscated by the Biden DOJ during their raid on his home at Mar-a-Lago. Judge Cannon also temporarily enjoins or forbids the Biden regime from reviewing and using the seized materials pending the completion of the review. So Trump gets to see theoretically what they've taken, right? But he probably already knows. The Gateway Pundit posted the judge's decision earlier today. On pages two and three of the ruling, Judge Cannon revealed that it was Joe Biden who ordered the FBI access to the Mar-a-Lago documents and President Trump's belongings. It's right here. On April 12th, 2022, this goes all the way back to April, NARA notified plaintiff that it intended to provide the 15 boxes to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The following week, ECF number 48, page five, plaintiff requested an extension of the contemplated delivery so that he could determine the existence of any privileged material. The White House Counsel's Office granted the request on May 10th, 20, uh, 2022, NARA informed plaintiff that it would proceed. So here we go. This is the big smoking gun right here. 
Case 922, with providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president beginning as early as Thursday, May 12th, 2022, the government's filing states that the FBI did not obtain the 15 boxes approximately until approximately May 18th. Joe Biden lied, the White House lied, and now they're caught. Okay, this was on conservative treehouse. So this was in play all the way back into April. And this was a standing order that um, they've been working on. It's right there. The incumbent president, unless the incumbent president is Trump, in which case uh, that would be weird. Like, why would he order the uh, the raid on his own place unless he was playing 20D chess? Anyway, that is in the mix right now. So whatever happened at Mar-a-Lago, whoever the executive the incumbent president is, they're the ones that ordered it. The plot gets thicker and stranger all the time. Uh, let's talk about Germany here. This is a, this is concerning. Really, really concerning. Um, so um, add blue is something that you add to diesel so that the diesel is activated and it becomes something that uh, diesel trucks can use and deliver goods. So this is pretty significant. The AdBlue production in Germany has been halted without AdBlue cars and trucks stop to drive. Without trucks, because a lot of diesel in, uh, in Germany, Mercedes-Benz, notably diesel for most of its production. Um, I'm sure BMW has its own diesel. Volkswagen has diesel. Without trucks, there's no food in the supermarkets. This has happened this week. Socialism and ideology always lead to poverty and chaos. So essentially, they're not going to be getting ad blue. The production has been halted, right? The production has been halted. So who halted the production? Was it, was it the German government? Are the German government now engaged in their own willful uh, destruction of its own economy, its own people? Have they been infiltrated to the point where they're going to actually put the hurt on their own people instead of theoretically these outsiders, whether they're the the Russians or the British or the French or the Americans or whoever, right? That decision came from within inside of Germany. They are going to make their people suffer, which basically says two things, right? That number one, who is ever in involved in that world in terms of uh, decision-making policy, whatever, right? That they're, they're probably not really true Germans, that they're internationalists, they're globalists, they're, they're toadies and lackeys for the World Economic Forum and whatever this window dressing for the unified one world beast system 
that is trying to insert itself on us. That's who they work for. That's number one, right? That's number one. And why would they want to uh, do this to the German people? Because quite likely, the majority of them are, maybe they're not even German. Maybe they're not even German. Who knows what they are? You know, I'm not going to go through, you know, the, the cabinet or whatever and try to determine, you know, the uh, the origins of, of these people. But I can tell you that the Rothschilds to this day are, <clears throat> are pretty much running the show in Germany. And Frankfurt is a major hub, uh, major, major economic hub. And that's the, that's the Rothschild city is Frankfurt. And I've been around Frankfurt. It, it's a weird place. Weird place. Not not a fan. Cold. It's got a cold vibe. They have this one area. It's sort of like a. How would I describe it? It's sort of like. It's almost like a theme park, but it's not. It's kind of old Germany. It's big. It's like a huge plaza. And they have all these kind of old looking. I'm not sure how old they are. It could be just like. You know, a version of folkloric German Disneyland or something, but they have uh, like traditional foods and sausages on a stick and beers and shit like that. It just goes on forever, this thing. And, and I was there one time. I had, a, I had a stay over. I walked around and walked around and walked around. I just, I just felt the vibe was cold. It's a cold vibe in Frankfurt, much different than Cologne, which I really liked. I enjoyed my time in Cologne when I would go there. Um, but that's Rothschild country, right? Frankfurt is a ma- Frankfurt is the financial hub of Europe. It's not Switzerland. Switzerland has its own relationship with, with assets and reserves, right? But Frankfurt is where the transactions happen. And that's where I think these orders are coming from, right? And it's it's another another affront to the German people. I, I, I feel for the German people. Like they got fucked over big time twice, right? Twice. And now here we go again. And again, it's the echoes of world war two, right? The Russians and the Germans, the Russians are controlling the flow of gas here. I'll show you this. Is another tweet here also from Germany. Throw OPEC in on this. Since the G7 oil price cap was announced on Friday, Russia has retaliated by cutting gas supply to Germany to zero. So I don't know who put the uh, price cap. I guess the G7 said, okay, you can't charge any more for your oil um, to zero and joining forces with Saudi Arabia and others at OPEC to reduce global oil production. I'm going to the pub now to drink some beer. Well, you're going to spend 25 pounds, Javier, if you're in England, to uh, drink that beer. So this is a really important bit of information, right? Because Saudi Arabia has been tied to the... uh, Petrodollar, 
ever since uh, Nixon and Kissinger made that deal with the Saudis that if you were going to buy oil from the Saudis, you needed to turn it into American dollars. You couldn't, you couldn't send them pounds. You couldn't send them yuan. You couldn't send them a shekel. You had to turn it into uh, American dollars, right? U.S. dollars. Federal Reserve notes. Well, now all of a sudden, Saudi Arabia is having conversations with China, with Russia, with Brazil. Like they're doing the BRICS flirtation. And if Saudi Arabia, so here's a couple of things with Saudi Arabia. If they unlink from the dollar as the petrodollar, as a reserve currency, it's very problematic for the U.S. economy. And measures like this move them closer and closer and closer. Now, is Saudi Arabia a victim? Probably not, right? They're probably being told, like, this is what's going to happen, and this is how the global game is going to unfold, and you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Now, that said, that said, this is getting off the Germany piece a little bit, which I will get back to. But I remember, I think it said Bill Cooper's book, Behold a Pale Horse. And there's a section in there on this guy named Jonathan May, who I've talked about before. And it's a really, really interesting um, section of the book. And he, Jonathan May apparently is in possession of these uh, charters that I think came through either Dutch East or Dutch West. And he has all these charters and these charters been passed down to him and they were going to use these charters to flip the financial game. And one of the, so the players in this were apparently like Kennedy, the Hunt brothers, John Connolly on the periphery, like Jonathan May was involved in this and also the silver stuff, right? This is all, this is all part of his story. Um, whether you believe it or not, that's a whole other thing. It's a very interesting story. But one of the things he talked about was how the Saudis get paid for their oil. The Saudis get paid through credits. They don't get paid in actual dollars. They get paid in credits. And this has been going on for a long time. And there was something about the dollar that the Saudis knew, they found out that the dollar as a um, exchange of currency did not supply the equal contractual obligation, right? That essentially those dollars were worthless. They found this out, right? So everything that they had was literally built on sand. So even though they were getting paid in credits, it was still representing a dollar, but they never received any any physical dollars. So then this was during the 70s when they found out, like the late 70s, like the game was rigged against them. I'll try to find it tomorrow. And we'll do like a part two follow-up on it. And I'll give you the full details of how this thing worked. 
But then the Saudis freaked out because they realized that, that they've been screwed over um, by the oil companies, by the Rockefellers, by the Rothschilds, by the Federal Reserve. They found out they were screwed over. So very quickly, they started to buy shit. And if you go back and look at what happened in the 70s, the Saudis started to buy everything. Hotels, land, horses, right? They were like, okay, if we we need to have solid assets versus these zeros and ones that we get in our as credits, which is what happened. So this has been going on for a long time. And it's not as if the Saudis are just waking up to this fact. It's not like, you know, they just have these deals and uh, gentlemen handshake deals around the campfire you know, in the oasis in the desert. It does it, This has been going on for a long time. So they're players, and they're players at a global level. So if this is happening, and if the G7 says you're going to cut this back, it's a pretty good chance that the Saudis already knew that was going to happen. And they probably already know that there's going to be a shift, right? Instead of this unipolar world, where everybody had to buy the American dollar in order to get their oil, there's more than likely going to be a multipolar access to oil, even though over time they're going to cut that way back too, because we know that they don't want that. So this is affecting, this is affecting Germany. This is affecting all of Europe, right? But, Russia has the line right in, and they're like, fuck you. You're going to put a, a cap on our, our prices. And Russia, by the way, has been doing incredibly well ever since this war started. You, do you think that that was intentional? I think it was absolutely intentional. You know, Putin is, you know, he's anti-West, but he's not pro-freedom. I mean, he's right in there with the WEF when it comes to vaccinations and lockdowns. He was in lockstep, right? Russia did not alter offer any alternative. They had the Sinovax, which was their version of the vaccine. I don't know if it was better or worse. Who knows? It was not an mRNA vaccine. But I've never, I've never thought that Russia was not involved because they're benefiting from all this. They're totally benefiting. And who's getting screwed over? We are. Totally screwed over. And isn't that Russia's goal? Wasn't Russia's goal to somehow, some way, take over the United States? Isn't that what Khrushchev said? We will crush you. They don't have the man. They don't have the people. Like the Russians actually holding the United States couldn't do it. They don't have enough people. But in concert with any number of other things that they could deploy, including, you know, what's happening to the economy, uh, what's happening with uh, gas, petroleum, and also working in concert with other BRICS nations like China. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we've got a different deal here. But the Germans are going to feel the brunt of this. Let me, let me come up with this other tweet that I found. Uh, where is it? Give me a sec here. 
Let's see. Here we go. So remember, this is not the people of Germany. These are the uh, bureaucratic globalists who are more than willing to uh, sell out the German people. Let's take a look at a clip here. And these are um, the German people protesting. They're not into helping Ukraine. And they want the fucking Russian gas and oil. And, you know, honestly, I don't blame them. So let's bring this up here. Uh, two minutes long. Let's uh, start from the beginning. Here we go. Looking an awful lot like the uh, Star Wars helmets, don't they? Here we go. So if you're listening to the podcast, what we're seeing here is a wave of uh, protesters in Germany. Pretty good drummers, too. I'm impressed with uh, the drum line there. And the sign we see here is uh, Nord Stream 2 open. So uh, the Germans aren't happy. Right? They're, 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 to quote the Doobie Brothers, taking it to the streets. Signs, flags. He's saying our money is responsible for this. Germany exports more arms, not only to Ukraine. I'm going to re read this for the people who are uh, listening. Okay, Beispiel. Deutschland exportiert mehr Rüstungsgüter. Nicht nur an die Ukraine, sondern auch an Saudi. But also to Saudi Arabia, which is bombing Yemen. With German arms, Yemen is being bombed. And America has shipped tanks to Poland for 5.2 billion. As it wants to stand against Ukraine there, America has profited. Who's paying them, though? Are they taking the money back from the billions that they've uh, given Ukraine? Is that what's happening? All right, let's keep going. I'm, here, I'm not here to debate this guy. So. 
So this is a, a big red hand, and there's a, a silhouette of a tank, illustrated tank. This is NATO on it. And the, the sign is uh, Stop NATO. Here's a grandma, beautiful looking grandma, Nord Stream 2 sign. We have another uh, speaker here to make policy. To make a policy that leads to the economy breaking piece by piece. That hundreds of thousands of people have to be afraid of losing their jobs, and that's going to happen. That people do not know how to pay their energy bills in winter. And that people realize that policies are being made at their expense that they do not accept. But how could you know as a foreign minister? Question mark. So there you go. Um, that's what's happening right now in Germany. It seems as if that this front is like the, the tip of the spear, right? That Germany is at the tip of the spear and not the spear of destiny, but the tip of the spear in Europe, because Italy's not going through this. France isn't really going through France has its own issues. England has energy issues and will continue to have energy issues. England could be very problematic in the winter. But it does seem as though the Germans here are being targeted. And clearly, the, you know, the people are not, not down. But here's where we are, right? They don't really give a fuck. They're like, you're going to be fucking cold, okay? You're going to be cold and you're going to eat bugs. That's what's going to happen to you. You're going to be cold and you're going to eat bugs and um, we're going to recondition you so that when this is all said and done, you'll be happy for the, um, you know, hour of heat you get every day or two hours of heat you get every day and that your millet porridge is going to be uh, the delicacy that you are looking forward to at 1 p.m. every day, right? This is this is the thinking around all of this, that they're going to essentially decondition people and put them through trauma. This is what's happening. And then once they're put through the trauma and they experience lack, 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 more lack, the slightest bit of reward is something that they'll uh, jump for, right? And they'll get a little reward and then they'll pull it back. I mean, this is this is a this is conditioning. This, this is Skinner Box 101. Unfortunately, it's being done to millions of people. And again, I'm I'm talking and using Germany as an example because I feel like this is really intentional. It feels like let's put the screws to these people one more time. You know, let's make it a perfect third. We did it in World War One. We did in World War II. Now they're defenseless. And while we're hyping America as the new Germany and people are looking over there, 
you know, whatever, whatever progress the Germans have made, you know, since World War II ended. And I, you know, I gotta, I think it'd have to be really hard to be German, but to, to deal with that as theoretically part of your history, right? It, it would be difficult. No matter how, no matter what that history is or how it was spun, it would just be difficult. You either have to deal with the fact that you lost in the war, right? You were a perpetrator in the war, or you were a victim in the war. And maybe all three commingle together. That is a, that is a tough legacy to live up to or live up with not even up to it's like why would you want to live up to it it's just tough and i think as a as a country i think they've done amazingly well um they got back into production so these are tough people these are tough resilient people and you know but i feel like this is what's going on now that they're germany is being targeted they're being they're they're being targeted because on the continent, they're, they have always been, in a lot of ways, the power on the continent. Even post-war uh, Europe, Germany was the power on the continent. Manufacturing, automobiles, innovation, craft work. It was Germany. You know, France was not the economic power on the continent. Italy, pretty good. Italy underrated. They had an underrated economy. Pretty pretty robust until they joined the EU and it went into the shitter. So it doesn't matter, right? They bounce back. The Germans bounce back after World War One. No matter what you think of their methodology, they bounce back. Sure, they had help from the uh, uh, international corporations, including the Americans, of course. But then after the war, they bounce back again, and now here we are. Uh, Christine, what's her name? Christine Anderson, who is, I think she's in like the version of the, the German Congress. What are they called? The Bundesliga or something like that? Or is that where they go? Anyway, uh, she's a, she's a, she's a Twitter friend. <laughs> and I remember one time I jokingly accused her of looking a lot like Ghislaine Maxwell. That got her attention. Probably not in a good way. She does kind of look like her same haircut. Um, I've actually extended an invitation to have her as a guest on the Friday show. I don't think, she, I don't think she's going to do it, but I'll follow up again. And uh, I'll leave a link to this show and maybe she'll change her mind. It'd be great to have her on as a guest. We get some good, get some good views on that. Okay. Uh, we'll keep our eye on the German people and all of our brothers and sisters in Europe and around the world who are really uh, being put on the rack with these clowns who are running these programs. And I just spent uh, four hours listening to James Lindsay's uh, latest breakdown on the new discourses, his YouTube channel. And he talks about uh, SEL, which is social and emotional learning, and talk about a nightmare. Jesus. I want to do a show on it. I want to do a show on the SEL stuff. 
but it's got to be a Friday show. And I want to find an educator or somebody who really understands the subject matter. Because when you get into SEL, let me tell you, it's a nightmare. And And it illustrates how deep the plan for conditioning our youth is. It's insidious. So I'm going to look for somebody who has a a bit of a background in that world. In the meantime, I'm going to play you a funny little video. I like funny videos. And there's this guy that I discovered, uh, and he lives in uh, Duncanville, Texas. And he has... Um, he has the funniest damn YouTube channel. Let me get rid of this. Hold on. And I found him because I saw this video of him taking home a, uh, a crab from a seafood market and turning it into a pet. I mean, this guy is hilarious. Let me see if I can find this one video. I want I want to leave you with a little bit of a laugh here. Um, he raises wasps and yellow jackets. He is, he has the weirdest pets. And he took one of his, I think he took a wasp for a walk. Let me see if I can find this. It's fucking hilarious. Six minutes long. It should take us right up to the end. All right. Use your head in order to say what's real. You start to, your heart to say what's possible. Um, here is uh, just Josh. Uh, let me see if I can fire this up taking his pet wasp for a walk. Enjoy. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. Good job, girl. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a different kind of pet. This is a queen yellow jacket, and I am probably not very smart. Yellow jackets are literally the most aggressive species of wasp that I've ever interacted with, but I have decided I wanna try to make this one our friend. This is definitely going to be a challenge, but. I know, I know, I know I'll pay the cost. Being friends with a wasp. We're gonna use the oldest trick in the book, a honey finger. This little guy seems pretty hungry. We're gonna see if she will love honey as much as I do. <laughs> it's dripping. Hey girl, you want some? Ooh, she smells it. Wow, oh man. Let's see if I can pick her up. I really hope she doesn't sting me. I really do not feel like being stung today. Come on, girl. 
You wanna climb on my finger? Ooh, she's tasting that honey. She's tasting it. Oh my goodness, guys. Check this out. There's some honey, please don't sting me. I do not need a stinger in my finger. Oh, it's, it's wilding up its abdomen to sting me. My heart is pounding out of my chest right now. Oh man, oh no, please don't. I was thinking maybe we can take her for a walk. Let's see if we can get a leash on her. Okay guys, so you might find this inhumane, but I put the wasp in the freezer. Not for too long, but what it does is it slows down her metabolism. So now she is extremely slow. And now I'm going to take this thread and try to tie it very loosely around her waist so that we can take her for a walk outside so she can enjoy nature without escaping. Okay, she's warming up so we gotta do this fast. I have it around her waist. Oh snap, oh she feels that. Okay, I need to tie it. Oh no, I'm not very good at tying little things. No, 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 she walked. Oh, actually, that's a good idea. Walk over the thread. Nope, she's getting away. Don't. Hey, this is harder than I imagined. I don't know what I imagined, though. Okay. Ah! Ah! Okay, this is not cool. Come on, come on. Good, stay there, stay there. I don't want it around her wings, though. I should have pre-tied the knot, maybe. Okay, so this time I have pre-tied a knot. There, there, there. But it's around her wings, too. I don't need that negativity in my life. Okay, she's gonna walk right into it. Here we go. Now I gotta slip it under her wings. No, yes, okay. Oh, I got... Oh, no. Oh, no! <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Boom. I think it's working. Oh wow, it's really working. <laughs> Check that out guys. Woo. Wow, I'm gonna see if I can walk her down the street. All right, <laughs> taking her for a walk. Let's see how high she can get. So look how high she's getting guys. All right, here comes the car. We're gonna wait on this side. There she's resting. Woo! Oh, snap. <laughs> Woo! All right, guys, I imagine she's getting pretty tired. Woo! <laughs> and I want to show y'all and her a new home that I made her. I think she's trying to get me right now. Let's show her her new home. Hey, girl. All right, I'm gonna end it there. If you want, to, if you want a good laugh, Check out this guy's YouTube channel. He's hilarious. Just joshing and um, his strange, exotic, and unusual interactions with strange and exotic pets. So until tomorrow, use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to saving what's possible. And remember, a little honey goes a long ways, apparently. Take care. Bye for now.